Welcome to Leading the Way, a ministry of Brooklyn Baptist Church in Chesney, South Carolina. Join us each week for practical preaching and foundational truth of God's Word. Here's the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church, Clay Collins. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Our prayers that the song and sermon will be a help and encouragement to you as you listen. Today on the broadcast, we're going to feature a song by our church choir entitled, It Is Finished. Then we're going to go right into the message, and this message is entitled, The Ministry of Music. We're going to take our text from 1 Samuel chapter number 16. We'll be looking at the story of David as he played the harp there and refreshed Saul, and that evil spirit departed from Saul with David playing the harp there in the music. So we're going to look today on the broadcast at the importance of music, not only just uh, in the church, but in the home, in the automobile, and in every aspect of our lives. So we want you to stay tuned today to the broadcast, listen to the song by the church choir, and then hear God's word preached.
Look at verse 23 with me. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an heart and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Now I want to look tonight at this passage and several other passages we're going to look tonight, but I want to preach tonight on the ministry of music. The ministry of music. Now I want to preach tonight and look tonight at the Word of God as a whole on the importance of music in the life of a child of God. Just talking about the importance of the right kind of music, I also want to warn you tonight concerning the danger of the wrong kind of music. This is a subject that is not talked about much and even when we talk about it many times we grind our axe so to speak and then we move on. But the Word of God speaks a lot concerning songs, singing and music. And I want to say tonight it is a spiritual need that we have in our life to have the right kind of scriptural, spiritual and soul stirring music in the life of a child of God. Many people on one side of the equation will say well preacher we don't want any singing. Just give us the Bible. Well, I understand that thought to an extent, but it's biblical to have songs and music. On the flip side, there are many that could care less about preaching. They'll go to every singing in the upstate, but they could care less about any time of preaching the Bible. And I want to say we see many that are on the right side of the road in this ditch, and on the flip side, many on the left side of the road in this ditch. But I want to say we need both good singing good soul-stirring music, and we also need the Word of God. Mother Milford Biddle, a great hero of the faith, has said many years ago that you'll never build a church on just seeing it. But on the flip side, you'll never build much of a church without it. Amen. And so music is important. It is not what we're to build our doctrine on, but it is a special thing in the life of a child of God. I don't know of anything more uh, stirring in my heart than good music and good singing. This morning's service seemed to, uh, God began to breathe and God began to move and God began to stir my heart and even your heart. I could see through the songs about Jesus this morning. The singing and the music began to stir us up. Many of us began to stand to our feet. Many of us began to shout. Many began to come to the altar. Many began to weep. Many began to to testify. God used music to do that. And I'm not trying to put it as more important than scripture. Please understand that. But what I am saying is God has a ministry that music holds in the life of a child of God. In fact, the Bible speaks much about singing. Amen. Several books of the Bible are books about songs. You've got the Psalms in the Word of God. That is simply songs. Got 150 of them. You've got the Song of Solomon. You've got many other recorded songs in the Word of God. I read in one place that there's 185 different songs recorded in the Word of God. I don't know if that's accurate. You go home, read the whole Bible, and tell me if it's true or not. But I will say this. You look at the Psalms, 150. You look at the Song of Solomon. You look at all the times when Moses began to sing and all those Old Testament heroes of faith, even going to the New Testament. Uh, God's people were a singing people. Amen. I heard a preacher say one time that as a person sings is as a person lives. Now I'm going to ask you this tonight. Do you have a song in your heart? 
You've been saved by the grace of God. There's a song in your heart. You say, preacher, I can't sing. It's okay. I can't either. But there's a song in my heart. I have a desire to sing. You may not get in the choir. You may not sing out loud, very loudly because you don't want to embarrass yourself during a congregational song. But there is a song in your heart. I've watched it and I found it true. Those who have no desire to sing, they have no desire to participate in anything the church is doing. They also have no desire to live for Christ outside of the four walls either. But a person sings and God has a ministry about singing in the life of the child of God. Moses sang unto the Lord. You can find that in the book of Exodus. You'll find in Matthew 26 verse 30 and Mark 14 verse 26. That is Jesus and his disciples went away from the last supper and went toward the Mount of Olives. The Bible said that they sung a hymn. So Jesus knew that it was important to sing unto the Lord. In Revelation 5 we founded and exhorted upon it this morning but in Revelation chapter 5 you can turn there if you want to you don't have to but Revelation chapter 5 the Bible said in verse 7 that he came talking about the Lamb of God and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne and when he had taken the book the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb having every one of them harps now I want to say this those harps wasn't for battle those harps was for playing music. And golden vows full of odors, which are the prayer of saints. And they sung a new song, hallelujah, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall on the earth. You can see right there that even in heaven, the people that have been saved and been redeemed are singing unto the Lamb of God. You say, oh, preacher, I don't know much about singing. Well, you're going to do it one day in heaven. Preacher, I don't know much about shouting. You're going to do it one day in heaven. Preacher, I don't know much about worshiping. You're going to do it for eternity. Preacher, I don't know much about this testifying and worshiping the Lord and all this outspoken stuff. It ain't me. Well, it's going to be you one day when you get a perfect body. Preacher, what do you say? It's in line with the scriptures. Amen. They're singing, they're praising, they're playing of instruments. There was harps in their hands just the same as David had a harp in his hand and began to play there in front of the king Saul and God used him to deliver him, so to speak, and to drive away that evil spirit. Music has a special place in the life of a child of God. Not only Revelation 5, but Ephesians 5. If you've got your Bibles open, turn with me to Ephesians chapter number 5. Let me lay a foundation and we'll get to our text tonight. Ephesians chapter 5. The Word of God speaks a lot about music. Many people say, well, preacher, you know, uh, this music thing, you know, I've got my own preferences. Well, I understand that many people may have some preferences in mind with music, but God speaks a lot about music and how that it helps us in our walk with Christ. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17 the Bible said, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. That word excess means riot and unruliness. It doesn't mean you've exceeded your limit of alcohol, but to be drunk with wine brings about rioting and unruliness. And that's not what God wants. It says this, But be filled with the Spirit. I believe every one of us that have been saved by the grace of God should have a desire in our heart to be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
You say, preacher, what about Pentecost? Listen, I understand the Holy Ghost came and at that point began to indwell believers, but there's only one indwelling, so to speak, but there's many feelings in the life of a child of God. I'm not always filled with the Holy Ghost, but I like it when I am, amen, and I want to be. But I want to say this, there is a command in Scripture for you and I to be filled with the Spirit, but there's not a period at the end of verse 18. There's not. Look what the Bible said. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Preacher, does my music glorify God? Well, put it to the test. Is it a psalm? Is it a hymn? Or is it a spiritual song? That puts to the test whether or not your music is helping you, influencing you to be filled with the Spirit or to be filled with the devil. Put it to the test of God's Word. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. See, it's not all about your voice. You're singing and making melody in your heart. Music does something to the heart. Music does something inside of you. One person, and I want to I want to stop and say this. I read this statement in a in a in a worldly, so to speak, magazine. So just listen for a moment at what a world's perspective of music does. One writer said this. He said it can have physical and psychological benefits and help you feel good. Singing improves the memory and can alleviate depression. It involves the mind, the emotions, and the body. It's been said that words can make you think, but music makes you feel. A song makes you feel a thought. That we're not talking about godly music. So you say, well, preacher, you know, it's okay to listen to country. It's okay to listen to rock and roll. It's okay to listen to rap and all the other music of this world. Well, let me stop and say this. If it's affecting your mind, your emotions, and your body, and those words make you think, and music makes you feel, and a song makes you feel a thought, then are you feeling the thought about somebody else's wife? Are you feeling a thought about uh, leaving your wife because your dog got ran over? What kind of thoughts are you stirring up about this liberal worldly music? What I'm saying is music has a special place. In fact, one of the reasons that your Bible uses songs to get across messages is because in ancient times, people could not read or write. And an easy way to remember something was to put music and a tempo to something. You know how easy it is. Many people can sing the books of the Bible easier than they can quote it. Why? Because putting music and a melody and a tempo helps people that may cannot read or write begin to pick up on things and understand things. You can put scripture to a melody and it's much easier to memorize. It is. So in ancient times when people could not read or write, stories were passed down through song because songs were much more memorable. That is why those psalms are in the word of God. They tell a story. The word of God, the hymns that we sing, they tell a story. Singing should be scriptural. Amen. The songs that are written should be scriptural. They're for a purpose. Amen. You see, the thing about it is, it's our desire to stay filled with the Spirit of God. But we'll only have that if we have a scriptural and a song life. Be not drunk with wine when he's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, and spiritual song. You say, preacher, what is a psalm? I think we understand that's a song. But what is a hymn? A hymn is simply a song in honor of God. Spiritual song. I believe we understand songs that are spiritual. 
Preacher, what are you saying? You and I are to listen to the right kind of music. Now, I know that's not popular in our day. And the problem is because in an effort to justify listening to our country and our rock and roll and our rap and our rock and uh, I don't even know, blues, whatever genres of music there is now, I don't even have a clue. In an effort to justify that, we've got the idea that we can take Christian and rock, put it together and call it Christian rock. We could, take, we could take God's standards and God's music and God's scriptures and blend it together with some song about a man that's left his wife and lost his dog and run over somebody and all the other trash of this world and bring it together. And boy, we're satisfied because we've got music that is pleasing to the flesh, but yet we feel okay in our conscience because it's singing about something to do with Jesus. In fact, many of the songs being written today never even say the word Lord or Jesus in them. I have a problem with that. I do. I have a problem with a spiritual song that always refers to a he or an I, but never to Jesus by name. Who are you singing about? Well, you think you might be singing about Jesus. But you could take that same song, take it to the bar and sing it. Somebody think you're talking about your wife. Somebody think you're talking about somebody else's wife. Our songs ought to be scriptural and spiritual. Amen. Preacher, what are you getting at? I've heard it said many times before by many uh, great men of God and our heroes of yesteryear. Listen, uh, a song book is important. Dr. Garrett, our former pastor here, you say it takes three books to run a church. The Bible book, the song book, and the pocket book. Hallelujah. Preacher, what are you saying? The song book is important. It's important that we know who we're singing about and who we're singing to. It's singing with making melody in your heart not to put on a show. Is that what it says? Absolutely not. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We're not singing to put on a show. We're not singing to uplift the singer. We're not singing to uplift the musician. This is not a one-man show. This thing is about singing unto the Lord about the great deliverance and salvation and supplication He's given us. Amen. Colossians 3.16, you don't have to turn there. But the Bible says in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. See, it's biblical that we sing unto the Lord. It's biblical that our services have music and songs stirring hymns and songs and spiritual songs in them. Amen. Preacher, why in the world are you preaching like this? Because here's the reason. The church needs to have the right kind of music in it. But I'm going to go a step further and say this. The, the homes need to have the right kind of music in them. Your automobile needs to have the right kind of music in them. Your, your TV needs to be playing the right kind of music. Your headphones need to be playing the right kind of music. Say, well, mama and dad don't know what I'm listening to. You better be careful what you're listening to. It will influence your life whether you realize it or not. I'm serious about it. It will influence your life. Music has a special place in the life of a child of God. Brother Dean McNeese, when he preached here about three or four years ago, said God gave us two things for pleasure, marriage and music. And it has a special privilege in the life of the child of God. Music has a special place. There have been many a times that I've been so defeated. I've been so discouraged. I've been in a place where I'm just, man, I am down and out. And I can turn on some music that will begin to stir my heart. Some music that will begin to uplift Jesus. And the next thing you know, man, I'm getting my eyes on him. I'm beginning to not have the blues anymore. I'm not as discouraged. I'm not as defeated. Man, I'm wanting to shout the victory. 
I'm wanting to run another mile for Jesus. Why? Because music has a special ministry. Amen. Hallelujah to that. Listen, I, I remember personally when God began to deal with me about music. When I got up into high school, got my license, I, you know, I wanted to listen to what I wanted to listen to. And I did for several years. I still come to church. Man, I still come to church. I still played the part. But when I got to my truck, it was George Strait. It was the king of country. It was whatever else that seemed to be pleasing. It was whatever my friends listened to. I might borrow a CD. That was back when you actually had CDs that worked in vehicles. You know, I, I mean, it was whatever. That's back when you could burn CDs and not get penalized for it. You know, we knew ways around that stuff. Man, we burnt CDs. We shared our music. Man, I listened to all that different stuff. Oh, man, this is good. But as I began to grow in the Lord, God began to deal with me about my music. God began to show me that that stuff was influencing me. You say, oh, preacher, it don't affect me. I just listen to it for the beat. Well, that beat will influence you too. Preacher, I just listen to it because I like the sound of this. and I like Your flesh does. But we're not trying to live for the flesh. We're trying to live for the Spirit. The flesh is the enmity with God. The Spirit of God and the flesh are the enmity with one another. Listen, the Bible's very clear. We're to be filled with the Spirit, not filled with the flesh. Amen. I remember when God began to deal with me about ungodly music. I remember God dealt with me about it for a little while. And I was sitting there kind of fighting. And I began to get rid of some of the music, but not all of it. I began to get rid of maybe the severe stuff that, you know, was just really bad in my book. But let me hold on to some of that that still I might could justify, you know. I mean, it mentioned God in it somewhere. I mean, it mentioned something about going to church on Sunday, but what about the drinking on Saturday night? You know, I mean, it mentioned something about God in it, you know. They ain't talking about the same God we're serving, but it mentions a God in it. So that music's okay. Then it wasn't long, the Holy Ghost started saying, you didn't get rid of all of it. Amen. I, rem I remember taking a big old, I, I remember taking a big old box, and I don't even know if anybody knows about this, but I remember taking a big box full of all kinds of junk out of my truck, out of my room. Man, I stepped on every bit of that. I mean, I crushed it under my feet. And I remember throwing it in the garbage, saying, I'm done with it. And to God be the glory, I, I mean this with my heart, God has helped me to stay away from that stuff. But I'm going to tell you this. You say, preacher, why so hard against? Because I'm going to tell you this. I can walk in a store and hear three words out of a song, and I could sing it the rest of the day. And had I never listened to that stuff, it wouldn't bother me. It's amazing you could leave the house of God and sing victory in Jesus, 20 stanzas of it, and walk into the grocery store after you leave church and hear some trash on the radio, and you can't get that out of your head the rest of the day. Tell me music ain't powerful. You're lying to yourself and everybody else to think music is not powerful. There is, a, there is a spiritual and a fleshly battle when it comes to music. Amen. Preacher, what are you getting at tonight? What I'm getting at is, listen, there is a problem in our day with music. And it's to the place now where we try to justify it. I was once there. Oh, it's okay. You know, I'll just get rid of the stuff that's got bad words in it. But it's okay to listen to uh, the sex. It's okay to listen to the uh, cheating. It's okay to listen to the drinking. It's okay to listen to all that stuff. But just get rid of what's got a bad word in it. No. Listen to a song about alcohol. Listen to a sound about a date with somebody that ain't your wife. Listen to singing about all that carnality. That's not, that's not healthy in your spiritual walk. I know this is not a shout message, but it's truthful. 
Amen. Here's the problem. Many Christians are scared to pray about music because they know what God's going to say. And they don't want that, that answer. They know what is right, but they ain't going to dare pray and ask God to show them. I think God's already showed them. They just don't want to do it. Amen. Preacher, what are you getting at? Jump back to 1 Samuel 11. 1 Samuel chapter, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, if you're there with me. Notice what the Bible said in verse 23. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an heart and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed. Notice the same thing that happens to you when you listen to me. You get refreshed. You come in here, man, you've had a hard week. You've had a hard day. Hell has been against you and all the demons and devils of it. But you come in here and they get to playing on the piano. They get to playing on the guitars. They get to singing those old hymns. All of a sudden your mind leaves all that outside of this building. For just a little while, all of a sudden your mind gets refreshed. Your mind gets some rest. All of a sudden it's like just like Saul's situation. That evil spirit begins to depart almost. Talking about number one this evening, anointing musicians. Anointing music. Preacher, what are you getting at? Listen, David was gifted with the harp. David had the anointing of God on him, and God used him to help in this situation with the talent that God gave him. Can I say this tonight? God still gifts people in the area of musical instruments and singing. Thank God for the talent meeting the touch of God. I love it when somebody gets to play it, somebody gets to sing it, and man, you can just feel God on them because God has anointed them. That is what it's saying here about David. Amen. I've heard people testify, and if I'm correct on this, my brother Kyle was convicted heavily through a song on a service. Somebody was up here just singing along with a guitar, singing a song about one day standing before God, and the Holy Ghost got a hold of my brother's heart. So I began to reveal to him he was unsaved. God uses music. He does. What I'm saying is, listen, here's the thing. Talent meeting the touch of God together is a wonderful thing. In fact, seven times in the book of Psalms, it says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I'm sorry, the world's music's not a joyful noise unto the Lord. And some Christians is not a joyful noise unto the Lord, but we won't go there either. But what I am saying saying tonight is this. The Bible is very clear that he called for a man, not just anybody that could play an instrument, but he wanted somebody that when they played, it would drive away that evil spirit. Let me just call time out and say this. Elvis Presley ain't driving away your evil spirit. Alan Jackson and all these other liberals ain't driving away your evil spirit. I, I know Elvis was somebody's savior, but he wasn't mine. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, Elvis started a problem we're still dealing with right now in America. Let's sing our rock and roll and end it with a gospel song, and it sounds pretty good. Justified a lot of Christians going to it. Oh, we got the Stamps Quartet going to open up for us, so sounds pretty good for a Christian to go to his concert. Now that kind of stuff's lingered into the church because they've elevated Elvis above God. I'm serious. Preacher, what are you getting at? Anointing musician. Listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I would rather hear somebody that knows God and loves God over anything Hollywood's got to offer any day. 
You say, preacher, well, they got out of harmony on this chord and that chord. I don't care if they got out of harmony. Give me somebody that is real and that is anointed of God and walks with God. I'd much rather hear them sing any day over any Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. We would like to invite you to our services at Brooklyn Baptist Church. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 10.45 a.m., and our evening worship is at 6 p.m. Wednesday night worship is at 7 p.m. The church is located at 8449 Paris Bridge Road in Chesney, South Carolina. If you would like to correspond with us, please do so by writing to this address. If you would like more information about our church or to watch one of our services live, please visit our Facebook page, Brooklyn Baptist of Chesney, or our website, brooklynbaptistchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.